This letter is an example of how things can and do change in the church as our scholarship advances. I grew up hearing this document referred to as St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. That's okay except for three things. First, it was almost certainly not written by Paul or even one of his followers. The style of the Greek writing is so much more sophisticated and eloquent than that of any of Paul's other letters that it makes it very doubtful. Second, it doesn't really seem to be a letter. It's more like a sermon, an exhortation for Jewish Christians to persevere in the face of persecution. At that time, many were considering turning back to Judaism to escape being persecuted for turning to Christ. This doesn't mean just from the Romans. They faced much difficulty in their own Jewish community. And third, there's also the matter of the designation Hebrews. The letter was not a church letter in the sense that it was sent to a particular church or group of churches or to an individual to address particular needs. Instead, the letter is addressed to a specific group, the early Jewish converts to Christ who lived in and around Jerusalem around the years 63 to 70. The designation Hebrews generally applied to Hebrew-speaking Jews. Jews who spoke Greek were generally referred to in Scripture as Hellenists. So the Hebrew speakers are addressed in a highly stylized Greek letter? Go figure. Perhaps all these factors taken together with the absence of any claim of authorship explains why it is the only formally anonymous element of the Christian scriptures. The author of Hebrews plainly affirms Jesus as the Messiah with the destruction of the famous Jewish temple in the year 70 by the Romans. The early Jewish Christians faced the loss of their spiritual focal point. Indeed, all Jews inside and outside Christianity had to struggle with the massive spiritual disorientation caused by the loss of the temple, the dwelling place of God on earth, the place where divinity and humanity met. The author of Hebrews offers them lifelines in all this confusion. One was in the uniquely Jewish concept of salvation history. This worldview saw history as linear, chronological time with a beginning and an end, that is, this age and the age to come. It also saw God as the author of time. In the beginning everything came from God, and in the end everything would return to God. Finally, it saw God active within space and time. The faceless God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was the living God, a God to be personally experienced, not made an object in stone or gold as an idol. The author places Jesus into the center of salvation history. He was the instrument and the reason for the cosmos. He humbled himself to be born as one of us and to die as all flesh does. Yet his death would be salvific. Through his suffering and death, he would destroy death for all and offer everyone a relationship directly with God.
and through the same means he would raise the status of all he saved, for he would call them brothers. The author of Hebrews presented his audience with the big picture, the Christ of God always, and Jesus, his incarnation. Jesus was the sign that God was at work in the world in a definitive way. As a fully human being, Jesus gave us a tactile way to experience God. Yet the Christ transcends our world to bring all back into unity in and through the triune God. 